0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the cluck stops here. Lauren brings the case against her husband, John. The couple just moved to the suburbs, and Lauren envisions the perfect addition to their big new backyard, chickens. She says she'll take care of them, and that they both will benefit from the fresh eggs and the bug control. John worries that they'll become too much work. Is Lauren playing chicken? Only one man can decide.
1: Please rise. As Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. I am coming into judge. I am coming into judge, 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 judge you. Bailiff Jesse swear them in. Bailiff Jesse swear them in. Swear, 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 swear. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God, or whatever. I do. I do.
1: do. you swear to abide
0: by Judge John Hodgman's
1: ruling? Judge, despite the fact Bill that the Jesse only hurry, livestock Bill he's, hurry, he's hurry. ever kept is a, a,
0: a harem of badgers? Even more so. <laughs> I don't know if Arab is the right group, <laughs> group word for badgers. Judge Hodgman, go ahead. Let's
1: stop singing. I apologize. Was that throwing off your timing? <laughs> <laughs> Was that throwing on your timing, of Jesse? Because that sounded better than ever. <laughs> of course, uh, I'm speaking now to, uh, say your names again, complainant.
2: Uh, Lauren. Lauren. I'm complaining.
1: And, def- and defendant, you are? John. John, I like that name very much. Summary judgment for you. No, no, no. Uh, Of course, uh, you know the the song that I was singing or paraphrasing when I came in was, of course, the... Chicken Dance. Chicken Dance, of course. Now, a summary judgment will go to the first person to tell me what was uh, the original name of that song uh, when it was written in Switzerland in the 50s, according to Wikipedia. The chicken dance's original name.
0: Come on. You guys had to see a chicken dance question coming.
3: I don't know it. No.
1: The duck dance.
0: Oh, Oh, man.
1: Yes. It was mistranslated. So all of those moves that you've been doing at your cousin's weddings all those years, imitating a chicken, have been wrong. So, uh, Lauren, you want to raise chickens on your property? Yes, I do. And where do you live again?
2: Uh we live in Bluebell, Pennsylvania.
1: Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Chicken land. Yes. Uh is that is it is it a rural suburb or a or a, or, a, or is it just pure rural? Is it a rural suburb? Is it a suburb? Is it a small city? Is it a, 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 a protected a domed city?
2: Oh it would be nice if it were a domed city, but mm-hmm. um no, it's I'd say it's just kind of a regular suburb. We're not super rural, um, but we do have a nice uh, little backyard and I think it would be nice How to have ca- a couple of chickens on it.
1: How close are your neighbors?
2: Uh, well, we're on a third of an acre, so I can see our neighbors mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and all of our backyards kind of meet in the back
1: and are you and, and and you have fenced in backyard or I'm just trying to picture what your property looks like so that so that i can uh, I can plan my attack
2: um, <laughs> it's fenced in um in the back, and if we were planning on getting chickens, we would definitely uh, have to fence the whole thing in because I mm-hmm. don't want them running about uh, the neighborhood.
1: Okay. Uh, and you have never raised chickens before?
2: No. Okay. No, I have never right. raised no, chickens. No, I can
1: tell because I'm going to tell you right now, those chickens will not go running about the neighborhood. They will stay <laughs> I close, don't know. They will stay close uh, to home. and They will stay close to home until they are killed by predators. But let's move aside. We'll, we'll put a pin in predators for a moment. Ooh, a lot of plosives in that pin. We'll put a pin in predators for a moment and turn now to John. Uh, John, uh, where, where how long have you guys been married?
3: Uh over three years.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> you you make it you make it sound like that's a long period of time, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> it sounded well, like we a <laughs>
3: question to me. We were to, we've been together uh about ten years.
1: Oh uh, congratulations. I'm glad Thank I'm you. glad you're married. Uh you do not have children I can I I gather? No. No. You, if you had children you would not be considering at all adding another creature to your life whose feces you have to handle. So
3: I feel like that's what my wife is doing.
1: <laughs> do you do you plan to have children?
3: Uh, well, no, but when you talk about handling uh, feces. Lauren works all day as a as a zookeeper, and that's part of my concern.
1: Oh, I see. You're trying to bring your work home with you, Lauren.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What's your I'm, specialty? Uh, I'm pretty good at, at not doing that. We only have one cat as a pet, but um, maybe maybe I feel like our our brood
1: needs to grow. <laughs> What is your, spe- where, what zoo, what zoo do you work at? Are you allowed to say, or is it a secret zoo? Oh.
2: <laughs> it's a very, very secret is zoo. No, the, uh, is it one
1: of the Pennsylvania <laughs> secret zoos?
2: Yes, there are a lot of them. Um, I can't talk about, no, I work at the uh, Philadelphia zoo. The so Philadelphia pretty well zoo.
1: known. So, so is Bluebell, uh, so you commute to Philadelphia? So mm-hmm. Bluebell is close enough to Philadelphia. That, all right, now I got it. Eastern Pennsylvania we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and what, what sort of animals do you take care of there?
2: Oh uh, well I'm really lucky. I have a, a position that um I kind of cover for a lot of other people. So mm-hmm. I get to work with a lot of different animals. So I'm on the mammal team. So anything that has fur, uh
1: what I get the, to work with. It's what pretty the, cool. What are what are the teams? There's mammal team.
2: There's reptiles, wow. uh, mammals, and birds.
1: And and who, who who throws the best parties?
2: Uh mammal team, definitely. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I have to say that
1: <laughs> because yeah. of the horse tranquilizers. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, so you're working on a mammal team and you, so, so uh, chickens are, are not in your specialty.
2: No, they're not mammals. Um, I do have a lot of friends who are also in this uh, career path and who have worked with birds and um, have e- used them uh, regularly as uh, helpful you know, people to give me advice and, and stuff. So I definitely have a lot of resources at my disposal uh, to help me take care of, of chickens.
1: Why do you want these chickens?
2: <laughs> because they're very cute. Mm-hmm. A and number one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they're very good, as as uh, Jesse mentioned in the beginning, that they are good for um, pest control. They eat a lot of bugs in mm-hmm. your yard. They mm-hmm. also eat a lot of weeds in your yard. Mm-hmm. And um, they earn their keep because they give you eggs. And uh, I think, you know, any pet that can give you something for you taking care of it
1: is a pretty good deal. And and John, why don't you want these chickens?
3: Well, first of all, I think it's a little strange to have chickens uh Lauren is is from the city and I guess the the suburbs feel uh like a you know wide open uh new horizon to her but I grew up in the suburbs all my life and I've never known anyone to keep chickens in their backyard and <laughs> uh more importantly um with Lauren uh you know working all day uh cleaning up feces all day um I'm a little worried that she might be taking on more than enough she's doing that all day at work and with her having a different weekend than I, um, uh, it's a little bit. I think it could be a problem where we only have a few hours together each night, and I'd hate to see her. Um, you know, the chickens might be novel at first, but then they might be more than she wants to handle later.
1: What do you mean? You have a different weekend?
3: Um, I, I have the normal weekend of Saturday and Sunday, but Lauren uh, has uh, uh, I see Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday off.
1: And so, what? And what do you do for a living, sir?
3: I'm a multimedia developer for a large investment company.
1: Okay, and are you also on the mammal team of your multimedia company?
3: <laughs> I do work with lots of mammals. Okay, uh, exclusively right. mammals.
1: Okay, yeah, so all right. So neither of you have any cloaca experience of any kind, as far as I can tell.
2: Oh no, I stay away from them.
1: Yeah. Um. Actually, you know, it, it, it is not uh, uncommon, or I should say, it is increasingly more common for people. Uh, to have chickens, even in suburban areas, is that not right uh Lauren?
2: Yes, this is true
1: i'm I don't want to make your case for you, so would you mind making your case for you?
2: <laughs> sure uh yeah, this is becoming something that's kind of popular, and um I first heard about it on the radio um and that kind of got me intrigued and, and I actually have done some research about it. So, um, there are lots of companies that will sell you equipment that is made for backyards, you know, smaller sizes. I'm, I'm not looking to like run a chicken farm or anything. And a lot of people will talk about how wonderful chickens are just to have is kind of like a pet. I guess you could say they are friendly. Uh, a lot of the different breeds are, so people do get enjoyment out of having them as well, lo- uh, as well as the eggs and all that other kind of stuff. So, um, Yeah, it's something that is becoming more popular. And I know John won't mention this uh, because, of course, he doesn't want to help my case. But we do have neighbors uh, not so far away that have geese on their property. Mm -hmm. So while we don't have chickens, there are other fowl that are uh, hanging out in the neighborhood.
1: And they have, and they, I presume they keep geese in order to chase away strangers and because they hate their neighbors.
2: Yeah, No, I've never been quite that close to their property. No. Yeah, uh, you, I I don't let don't me tell you to. something right
1: now, Lauren, <laughs> you never will be very close to their property. I know I try to keep this podcast family friendly. But uh, so if you're listening uh, with, with uh, young people at this moment, I'm going to give you a warning that I'm going to say uh, a bathroom word. OK, everyone ready? Geese are assholes. <laughs> right. We yes, all agree on that. I agree. Now chickens are cannibals, <laughs> and I'm not sure that that makes them better than geese. They are they are lovable. I mean, chickens chickens actually can be very affectionate. They do stay close to home, you know, regularly. Um, they uh, they can be uh, they like to be held, uh, and they can almost be cute in my experience, because you know that I live uh, a, a semi. An occasional semi-rural life of a country squire. Uh, a couple, uh, uh, several months out of the year, when I go up to Internetless Hills, Massachusetts, where a number of people uh, I know keep geese, including our across-the-street neighbors, and uh, and they excuse me, not geese, chickens. I'm, I'm not talking about those assholes. I'm talking about chickens. <laughs> uh, and they, and 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 indeed, these these are these are chickens specifically that my uh, my daughter raised when they were chicks. Uh, and then we gave them to our neighbors because um, we didn't want to be responsible um for these uh smelly uh miniature dinosaurs anymore <laughs> so i so i must i must uh, I must tell you where my biases lie, which is that they are really appealing uh and interesting animals, and their eggs taste fantastic when they come immediately out of their cloaca or whatever the egg <laughs> hole is called. But, uh, but, uh, and I, and I enjoy, uh, seeing these chickens wander around stupidly my neighbor's yard, <laughs> but it do, it is a lot of work. Do you, are you aware of how much work it is to take care of these chickens?
2: Yes. Um, maybe I'm, you know, the, the internet has, has fooled me a little because it keeps telling me that they're not th- that much work. I, I wouldn't say that they are no work at all, but, um, you know all of these little coops that i'm looking at you know oh they set them up so yeah. that it's very they're very easy to clean and i'll only want about 2 of them 2 or 3 so um hopefully that will cut down on the cleaning and also i'd like to free range them in the yard as much as possible which sure. would also help are you a gar- uh, so are you they- a
1: gardener do you actually have a problem with bugs is this an, is this an issue for you
2: um we have ants that come into the house that drive me crazy so really okay. I, maybe I just want the chickens to get back at the ants I'm I'm not sure but okay. that would be nice if All they right. would kill some of them
1: for me and, and you sent in a, a, a an image of one of these coops as evidence was this submitted by you Lauren yes okay mm-hmm. and this is a picture of of a coop that is commercially available it looks like a little um a frame house from dwell magazine except for chickens <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and you, this is an enclosure that would be for, for two chickens.
2: Yeah. They're usually mm-hmm. made for, uh, maybe just two to three chickens, which is all I want. And then I wouldn't plan on keeping them inside of that enclosure all the time, mm-hmm. which they're kind of made for that. I would like to let them out in the yard and let mm-hmm. them run around and mm-hmm. do their thing.
1: And then you have some pictures of, of what is this? This is a Rhode Island red.
2: Yes, those were the the chickens that were recommended to us that have the best personality and hardiness.
1: Oh, okay. Right. So the the the, the least cannibal like. Yes. <laughs> because you know chickens are famous for their orderly pecking. Yes. They, they will they will they will destroy one another. Have you ever seen a chicken that is uh lower on the social order?
2: No, I I've never witnessed any mean chickens. Maybe I'm a little sheltered.
1: Oh no, they're terrible to one another. You understand this, don't you? They 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 purposefully hurt one another and establish a pecking order. That is a real Did thing. It? And the one that is at the bottom of the pecking order is really sad and miserable and awful and makes your heart hurt because it has you know it has wounds all over its body. Is that something you no. that you want to have in your life?
2: No, my chickens will not be like that. I will. I will shelter these chickens and make sure that they don't no,
1: no, act no, no, like no, that you, towards you, one another. No, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't have a choice. These are, these are dumb, stupid creatures that live in a particular way. You cannot train them to be nice to one another.
2: Yeah, sure. I can. I train all kinds of animals. I can, Ugh. I hope I can train some chickens.
1: Well, I think you're, I'm a, unfortunately you're used to dealing with mammals, ma'am. True. Mammals can be trained. You can, you can teach a dolphin to speak English. For your spy program, <laughs> there are no spies. spy I was tell
2: you that, that I that I've done that, but that
3: would be breaking my vow secrecy you, to my secret you've zoo. Not
1: ta- you've not taught any dolphins. You're not George C. Scott.
3: My wife might have a short memory. I, I, we were just at a at a visiting another zoo recently in uh, in New Jersey, and I recall seeing a chicken that was pretty beat up. All his feathers looked like they'd been plucked out, and I think he might have been the beat up by the other chickens.
2: No, I just, he, he did not point that out to me. And I like, I just liked his nice way of saying that I'm, that I'm stupid. <laughs> this is just nice way of saying it. No
1: one is saying that you're stupid, Lauren. And I'm not, I'm, I am, I honestly, I have a completely open mind at this very moment. I, I don't know whether to um, refuse. I don't know whether to, to enjoin you to not get chickens ever in your life or to order you to get some chickens just to see how terribly this is going to go. no there are many men look there are many many people who do keep chickens and do love them right and i'm where did you hear about this at your at your local food co-op or the farmer's market some someone tried to talk you into getting a bunch of chickens
2: no i I actually heard about it on npr of all places of
1: all places well after all susan orlean uh our maximum fun uh colleague right jesse yeah sure she keeps chickens like (laughs) like crazy she loves them right jesse she wrote like a whole
0: 12-page article in The New Yorker about it.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing. Are you going to write a 12-page article in The New Yorker? Or do you, like, is, this, is this like a, a, a joke chicken desire? Or are you going oh. to buckle down and take care of these chickens?
2: No, I don't do anything um, you know, halfway. I, I, it's what I do for my living, and I'm very proud of my work. Yeah. And uh, I would not treat these chickens any less than how I treat the animals that I take care of at the zoo every day.
1: Let me ask you a pointed question. May I presume, in your professional capacity as a, uh, as a zookeeper, that you have had to euthanize animals in the past?
2: I personally have not had to. Uh, ah. Thankfully, the veterinarians, uh, if that is something that needs to happen, will take care of that. So I'm very lucky that I have not uh, had to do that.
1: So we, we, are, you will, are you willing to murder a chicken when the time comes?
2: Uh, yeah, this question has been brought up to me. When What happens when the chickens stop laying? Um, and because
1: for our, I... lis- for our listening audience, chickens, if you're getting chickens primarily for eggs, chickens have a laying period of their lives and then they slow down. They stop laying and then they're just eating feed and pooping everywhere. Maybe they're eating enough ants in order to uh, justify continuing keeping them. Or maybe they, they give you great comfort, but yeah. you don't see a lot of old chickens. see a lot of elderly chickens because usually that's around the time when you you murder them for their meat so is that something you would be willing to do Lauren
2: uh uh, that that would be I would have to I have thought about it and I think that uh given enough time I could convince myself to do it or else I would just have a chicken for you know a couple chickens for seven years
1: (laughs) I'm sure no. I'm sure that if you went to your local food co-op or farmers market you would find someone who could probably take them away yeah. or 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 find an artisanal uh chicken slaughterer who would come to your house in, in braces and suspenders and uh, and a garter around his uh around his uh, his uh, shirt sleeve and a and a green visor and um and kill the chicken in in the old-timey way for you.
0: You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames.
1: Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go.
0: Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, That's my wife and also a a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an Aura frame. (laughs) What I love about the Aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, Uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children, Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house, or all of them. Uh, It is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages.
1: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame.
0: That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code HODGMAN, At checkout to save, terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix.
1: You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI, a human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other.
0: This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh it, it is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that
1: easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me. And it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Stitchfix.com slash JJHO. We considered getting chickens at one point, even here in Brooklyn, where there are people who keep chickens. And we consulted a friend of ours who had chickens for a while in a, in a rural area, and, uh, and she wrote us a very strongly worded letter. And I'm going to just read to you the text of this letter, because I think this speaks of experience that, that even I do not have. First sentence, they are really stupid. <laughs> the pecking order is a real thing. They do not elicit from me the kind of warm, fuzzy response other farm animals do. They get weird and mysterious diseases. They die randomly. They take work, I'm here, I'm going to warn children again, cleaning out feces, also known as shit, food, water. Winters are scary. On really cold, snowy winters, we had to bring them inside in a cage where they pecked one of their own group to death. The cost-benefit ratio was off for me. Spent more on feed and hay than I would on eggs. So there, it get ugly. Oh,
2: that makes me sad.
1: Well, you know, look. A lot of people keep them. A lot of people love them. A lot of people liking seeing seeing things peck each other to death because it reminds them of what life is actually like. In that sense, they're probably the most valuable pet. <laughs> but I just mean to suggest that it's it's not a non commitment pet, like a cat, which doesn't care if you live <laughs> or die. It's, oh, it's so true. John, do you want to? Um, do you have anything you want to <laughs> add to this, John? Uh, like, you seem to be sitting sitting back uh, like a fox in the hen house, so to speak, just waiting. Sorry,
3: being quiet has worked out pretty well for me so far. But um, uh, I guess I was, in my wife's defense, I wouldn't say that she, she sees this as a, as a money-making enterprise for us in, in terms of getting eggs, being, spending any less on, on eggs than we do now. We don't consume that many eggs. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that she's given all those thoughts in the concern of, of the amount of time it will take She's worked with birds in the past, and she's told me just how filthy they are. <laughs> and, and she works really hard all day at work. When she comes home, she's exhausted. And, uh, you know, she just wants to to rest and, and have a good meal. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just worried that what will happen after the novelty wears off.
1: As long as she's willing to murder a chicken, then when the novelty <laughs> wears off, you're going to have a delicious meal. So in a way, it kind of all works out.
3: I guess she's got a lot of bird Keeping friends. In fact, I thought part of this where it came on, she visited a a, f- a friend that wants kind of a bird sanctuary out of their house, and she ra- remarked to me at just how was filthy it, it was, and was how unhappily <laughs> they lived amongst the filth. But was I'm this person
1: kidding. was this person uh, also featured on the television show Animal Hoarders by any chance?
3: Um, they probably should be. Uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's something of a bird guru of the area and they consult with other local places, but it sounds um, the environment might be work for them, but it sounds kind of hellish to me.
1: Lauren?
2: He, he might be, be bringing that a little out of proportion. I just have one. I don't, I don't want chickens living in my
3: house. I, I, I saw where the, where the owl lived at your friend's house. And, and that was disgusting as much <laughs> as it was the sweet owl, but.
1: Oh, cause I was going to suggest that you guys keep owls instead. So I guess maybe no, that's, that's not okay. No,
3: okay. No, that's
2: a bad idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lauren, just one last question about the evidence that you submitted. There is, a, I see, a Rhode Island red rooster and a Rhode Island red hen here. They're wearing clothing. What is going on here?
2: I had, I was just scanning the internet, and I found this picture, and I just thought that uh, you, the judge, and bailiff Jesse, might appreciate seeing a chicken and a rooster in a bow tie and a necklace. Um, but I sent it as evidence just to mostly prove that uh, these chickens are very tolerant and very friendly. Uh, if anyone was worried about them being mean and nasty, uh, my own cat would not let me put a bow tie on him. So just kind of proving uh, oh. what kind of good birds they are.
1: Look, I appreciate your attempt to butter us up with funny photographs of animals <laughs> wearing clothing. But may I point out that this Rhode Island uh, red rooster is wearing a, a cut out paper bow tie. And I cut out paper bow ties and fake bow ties. If you think that's going to make Jesse Thorne happy, you're absolutely wrong. Right, Jesse? Right.
2: Sorry, it was a little bit of a cop out. I I do admit. I
1: mean, he, he is he is a he is a he is a men's fashion specialist. This uh, this this rooster is not even wearing a, a real bow tie. So I'm a professional, ma'am. You're going to try to get all hens, I presume, right?
2: yeah no roosters. Um, right. uh, when I contacted our township they there's no ordinance that says I can't but they were like your your neighbors will probably hate you and I don't want that so yeah no rooster
1: uh, so but you did contact your your township to, to find out what the rules are in terms of keeping livestock uh, on your property
2: yes uh, i I was not able to find it on the internet so I actually emailed them directly
1: All right all right and uh, and you know that it is impossible to I mean you you bought you know how you get chickens right?
2: Well, I have a, a friend of a family who said who was our chicken uh, getter. She says she knows where to get them. So our hookup, I guess you would say.
1: Oh, you have a chicken! You have a you have a chick <laughs> yes. dealer. Yes. <laughs> you have a local chick dealer. <laughs>
2: mm
1: mm-hmm. oh, that's and that's and that's why rural Pennsylvania is plagued with so much violence because of the because of the chick wars. Here's <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say before I go into my chambers to enjoy some delicious fried chicken. Which is, uh, you, it's hard when, you're, when you get chickens, when you get chicks, um, you don't know for a long time whether or not you're actually only getting ants. Because they are almost impossible to, uh, to gender. Did you know that? So you might get no. stuck with a rooster whether you like it or not. And then, guess what, then comes the murdering.
2: Yeah, that. Well, if a rooster's waking me up at four thirty in the morning, it'll be a lot easier to do the murdering.
1: All right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in and enjoy some uh, some popcorn chicken right now and think this over. Uh, Jesse Thorne, why don't you talk to them some more? Please rise as Judge John Hodgman
0: exits the courtroom. I have to ask you a serious question, John. Do you think your wife is emotionally prepared for these chickens to murder each other because they totally murder each other? I read that in Susan Orlean's piece in The New Yorker.
3: Well, she's seen similar carnage where she works, um, but it does hit her pretty hard. Um, In the end, I I think she could handle it, but uh, uh, I don't know if I could.
0: Lauren, if there's only two or three chickens, what happens when one of them dies of a crazy disease and the other, one of the other ones pegs the other one to death?
2: Oh, uh, well, that is the one that should have survived. Darwin's law.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: She's pretty tough, Jesse.
0: You feel this way about all your pets?
2: <laughs> I, well, I only have one cat, so he's he's the winner. I think that's why I have only one, so he can feel uh like he was supposed to survive.
0: Are you going to defend these chickens from chicken-eating creatures? Because geese are mean and chickens can't really defend themselves.
2: Uh, With my bare hands, I will defend them. See, this
0: is the kind of... I'm (laughs) sick of your bold lies. (laughs) Your your bald-faced lying. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the
1: courtroom. I am prepared to make a ruling very swiftly. And that ruling is enjoy your chickens. <gasps> it is not the purpose of this courtroom to prevent people from making crazy decisions, especially <laughs> if they are informed decisions, and especially when they are decisions that are being uh, made responsibly. Now, I, uh, I I said a lot of things to you that suggest that maybe I thought uh, having chickens was crazy. Uh, I don't, but you should be prepared that this is real, uh, th- this is a real disturbing uh, life and death, almost breaking bad style cruelty that goes on in the chicken chicken world um, that you should be prepared for. But at the same time, you work in a zoo. So as I think your husband alluded to, you've seen it all, correct?
2: I, I think I have.
1: And the thing that really got me the most, I was on the fence until you had mentioned that you had called your local township. Uh, to find out what the regulations are with regard to roosters. And so that's when I was like, yeah, this is not just a person who's Googling uh, pictures of chickens wearing bow ties and pearls. This is a person (laughs) who's Googling pictures of chickens wearing bow ties and pearls and also taking serious steps to make sure that she's undertaking this in a responsible way. Uh, I don't see any problem with having uh, chickens in the third of an acre on which you live. I think that you will have a problem with your neighbors if you end up getting a rooster accidentally. Uh, and I think that you are going to be in for a long, uh, well, here's what I'm going to say. I think you're going to be in for an experience uh, that uh, that will be um, loud and smelly uh, and feces covered and difficult and disturbing emotionally in a lot of ways. Uh, but ultimately, you want to know whether or not you want to keep chickens. And there's only one way to find out, and that is to do it. And here's the thing. I was going to say, I feel like you might be in for a long ride, but you're not going to be in for a long ride because chickens don't live that long. They kill each other out of uh, animal cruelty. They are they are destroyed by many creatures uh, out of uh, and they and they are unable to defend themselves because they're stupid and dumb. Uh, And uh, and then at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to murder them yourself uh, for food or for fun. So the experience will be uh will have will have a life cycle uh that you will understand uh, going into and uh best case scenario is that you both discover that you love having these animals around and they can be pretty lovable. I got to say they're surprising they're surprisingly um affectionate as I mentioned uh which might make it harder to murder them but at least will make them more pleasant to be around if you get a couple of if you get a couple of good eggs, as it were, right? Um, but, and the worst case scenario is that uh, uh, you have a year in which you watch chickens die uh, by your hand or others. Uh, and then you have an empty chicken coop uh, that you say never again. And you burn it for kindling or you use it uh, to house rabbits, which might, might be the next thing that you want to give a try to. Here is the ruling. Okay. I'm ruling in your favor. But I am going to put down some conditions. One condition is uh, that you learn uh, how to make incredible omelets for your husband. Because you're going to have a lot of eggs. Do you you eat eggs, sir? Or are you a vegan?
3: No, no, I love chicken. I I love eggs. Uh, Scrambled is my preference.
1: Okay, scrambled. Absolutely. Do you have a double boiler, ma'am?
3: Uh, no, but
2: I can purchase one.
1: Get a double boiler. Learn to make the slow scrambled eggs, the Jacques Pepin way. Uh, you're going you're to have to prove to your husband that this is worth it uh, at, least, uh, at least every weekend uh, with, a, with a delicious omelet or scrambled eggs, right? And then you're going to have to murder a chicken and, and learn how to make fried chicken. Then the other caveat is this. In six months from this date, uh, I want you to call back. And I okay. want you to tell me uh, how your chickens have died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Or if they're still living, how they're doing, and how you guys feel about it. All right. Is there anything else you would like me to ask, uh, as a, as a uh, sir, as a, uh, as a, as an exception to my ruling, in order to make this ruling more palatable to you, sir?
3: Um, I guess I I was a little worried when we've been talking about this. Um, uh, I like to be uh lazy on my weekends, right? And um, uh, I was worried how much work I would have to put into it, and oh, zero uh,
1: zero work, zero zero work. You understand? <laughs> this is entirely zero work. It's, it's yeah. all
3: on her. Okay, because she's un-worn. been upset when she thought I, you know. She was upset that I didn't want chickens. And then I, you know, when I started the cave, she was upset that I didn't want to be involved in the chickens.
1: No, no, and, no. Lauren, uh, <laughs> you, un- you understand what I'm saying. The, the, your, 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 your husband has one responsibility with these chickens, which is to enjoy them uh, as companion animals or as food, but to do nothing else. The two, I'm ruling really in your favor, you should get the chickens. But the caveats are John doesn't have to deal with a crazy hobby animal that he has nothing that he doesn't want. Two, uh, you you learn to uh, you, you you make use of the eggs uh, by uh, getting a double boiler and making soft scrambled eggs, but also uh, giving them away, uh, um, sharing them with friends. Make sure that those eggs do not go to waste because that's the real benefit of having chickens around. Um, aside from their companionship, I suppose, and th- and and three that you 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 be prepared to murder them and cook them because getting animals like this means you're really getting into the muck of life and death that is usually hidden from people uh, in in this society and is usually what people are trying to get away from when they move to the suburbs. So you're gonna be, gonna get your hands you will get your hands dirty not by choice, but you're going to have to really allow your hands to be dirty in this whole situation. Cause these are dirty, filthy, crazy creatures that are kind of fun to have around too. Okay.
2: I think I'm up for the challenge. Okay. I think I can do it. And
1: then finally, the, the other thing is that in six months, you got to call me and tell me how all your chickens died. So <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel.
3: <laughs>
1: judge John Hodgman rules. That is all.
0: Please rise as judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. John, I'm going to ask you first how you're feeling.
3: I'm feeling uh, at a loss. I, I think it's going to be a real challenge. Uh, I am reminded of the time uh, early in my childhood. Uh, my dad would always insisted that there be no pets. And my mom brought home a dog one day and the family was never without a dog after that. So maybe I can learn to love the chickens.
0: How are you feeling, Lauren?
2: Uh, I'm feeling really good. I was nervous that it was uh not going in my favor, but I'm glad that the judge uh thought I could handle it and um I think we're gonna enjoy having these chickens.
0: Well, Lauren, John, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
2: Oh, thanks for having us. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: <laughs> Goodbye.
2: Hi. This is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a
3: great job.
2: All right, class. Tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags, and speedrunning video games. Any questions? Ah, yes. You in the back.
3: Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I studied cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's
2: Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things
3: the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So,
2: do I still get credit for this? <laughs>
3: no, <laughs> obviously
2: not. No, it's a podcast.
0: <laughs> I feel like those people are, are entering a world of pain, Judge Hodgman.
1: Well, it's uh, I suppose it's better than watching goats peck themselves to death. <laughs> 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 you know what? <laughs>
0: Judge Hodgman, you know that you're the only person who's genetically engineered beaks onto goats,
1: right? Soon, though, Jesse, I will be selling beaked goats to suburban uh, homesteaders all over Brooklyn and the world. As soon as I get Susan Orling to write that piece that I wanted to write about uh, keeping beaked goats, it's going to be a huge run on beaked goats. Would you say that these are artisanal beaked goats? Oh, of course I would. (laughs) And I, I like to call them mini-Griffins. <laughs> <laughs> but we only tape... Uh, the, the, the wings are not real. We just tape uh, chicken wings uh, that uh, that were abandoned by chickens uh, after they were eaten by predators or pecked to death by their own kind. Or just after they molted. That's right, exactly. So. Here's
0: something from Rob on the docket. After my best friend Rob saw the Star Wars prequels... Wow, Rob and Rob are best friends. How appropriate. After my best It was, friend... it was faded. <laughs> After my best friend Rob saw the Star Wars prequels, mm. he was so upset that he made a decision. The prequels, and indeed the whole Star Wars canon, do not exist. As nerd friends, I think it should be illegal to not believe in Star Wars. Think of all the Redditing I can't share with my best friend. He should have to acknowledge these films exist instead of saying they should make a movie about that.
1: I am sorry, Rob, but your friend Rob is growing up. And indeed is an expression of maturity to not feel obliged to enjoy, acknowledge, or even recognize the existence of something that makes him unhappy. And if the prequels make him unhappy in any way, I can't imagine why, but maybe they do. And I think that it makes perfect sense for him to say, I do not want to care about this anymore. Goodbye no matter how much Redditing you want to do. So I don't openly, I don't often encourage people to deny reality. And I certainly don't want your friend to have a psychotic break and start screaming uh, over Reddit that, the, that these films are uh, just an urban legend. I mean, he should acknowledge that they exist, but I don't think that he should have to have any truck with these uh, prequels at all. And uh, that, is, uh, that is how nerds become men, frankly. Sometimes you Here's, just acknowledge there's dumb stuff out there that falls within the canon of the thing that you love, and you just let it go. Here's
0: something from Amelia. She, she writes, I live in Brooklyn, and my sister Beth lives in Brookline, Massachusetts, about 15 miles from where we grew up. She usually comes to visit me for a weekend a few times a year. Before she comes down, we'll exchange emails and phone calls about what we'd like to do during a trip. Her answers are always along the lines of, Whatever you want to do, or we'll figure it out when I get there, which leads to wasted time once she's here. I think that since Beth has a limited amount of time in New York, she should decide how to spend it. Beth says that since I'm more familiar with the city, I should pick activities I think she would like. Who makes plans for a weekend, the visiting tourist or the host?
1: Well, I absolutely share your outrage. How someone can come to Brookline, Massachusetts, and not have a long list... Of the many exciting things there are to do. I mean, Brookline, Massachusetts is arguably- No, no, Judge, what? Judge Hodgman. Yeah. Judge Hodgman. What? They're going to Brooklyn, New York. That's the question. Oh, excuse me. Oh, well then, yeah, there's nothing to do, basically. <laughs> what, what would you do other than watch television?
0: <laughs> Let's just say, hypothetically, there were things to do in Brooklyn or the greater New York City area.
1: Yes, uh, I think that it is the host's job to come up with things to do. The person who is visiting does not, should not indeed, show up with a laundry list of tourist attractions like Irving's Candy or the Coolidge Corner Theater or the Holiday Inn where uh, my friends and I used to break in and swim illegally in the pool uh, at uh, 10 o'clock at night uh, or the place where I grew. Wait, are we talking about Brooklyn or Brookline?
0: No, we're, we're talking again. We, you are talking about Brookline, but we're supposed to be talking about
1: Brooklyn, New York City. Oh, Why would anyone go there? Brooklyn's a place to live, not visit. It's not a cultural capital like Brookline. All right, anyway, look. One should not come to town with a laundry list of things that he or she wants to do or see and then insist that the host uh, do that. And indeed, I think it's Im- it's impolite. Uh, and I think that it is part of the host's duty to say, here's what I think we might do this weekend. What do you think? And then the guest says, yes or no. But... More likely, yes, because that's the polite thing to do. Come up, if you can, with a couple of things to do in Brooklyn, New York, that express why you love that blighted wasteland, and share your life with your guest who is coming to see you. It doesn't have to be sightseeing. It could just be a, a, a restaurant that you like to go to. They're, do they have restaurants in Brooklyn, Jesse? Jeez, I mean, I imagine they got to eat something, but I don't know if they ever eat out. They probably just eat corn pone at home. Whatever the case, remember it is that your guest is coming to visit you because they like you, not the place that you live. And they want to spend time with you. So share your life, uh, even if that means just going and getting a cup of corn pone from your local artisanal Brooklyn corn pone brewery.
0: Hey, Judge Hodgman, I think that more Judge John Hodgman listeners should be listening to my brother, my brother, and me. I this agree. is a theory I've been working on.
1: <laughs> well, I've seen your research, uh, Jesse, and uh, and I have to say it's mad. <laughs> I've made some compelling <laughs> line graphs. I like to think. Yeah, I've seen your chalkboard in in your study, and it is covered with strange symbols. But your conclusion is inescapable. My brother, my brother, and me is a fantastic podcast that more people who listen to this podcast should be listening to.
0: Yeah, it's an advice show for the modern era. Um, Three brothers from all over the country Offering advice on all kinds of subjects Uh, Sometimes it's good advice Sometimes it's less good advice But it's always amusing and entertaining I think you should check in with the McElroys once a week The
1: McElroy brothers are a delight
0: They are, they're a joy You can subscribe to their podcast in iTunes Or go to our website and click on My brother, my brother and me Um, It's free every week I,
1: I think you'll enjoy it That's why I recommend it to you, audience if you have a dispute with a friend or loved one that you would like me to rule on, why don't you write to me at Hodgman at maximumfund dot org, or go to maximumfund dot org slash jjho. That is spelled J J H O. Please know that I do review every one of your disputes, and if it is a dispute that will make sense. Uh, on the podcast, I will write you back uh, and Julia will call you and we'll set it up. And if it's a dispute that makes sense for uh, a a of clearing or for the New York Times magazine, uh, we will set it up that way. And if it is a dispute that does not make sense, um, then I will arrange for you to get help. I love hearing from you, even if I don't have a chance to respond to everybody. I do read them all personally and uh, and it's uh, quite a bit of fun.
0: Go to MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.